Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the American Serial Killer Guidebook with your intrepid hosts, Elton and Cherish Morgan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the flagship episode of the American Serial Killer Guidebook. We're your hosts, Elton and Cherish Morgan, and in this week's episode, we will be answering the questions, what exactly does it mean to be a serial killer? And what's the difference between a serial killer, mass murderer, and a spree killer, anyway? Make sure to listen to the end to hear our plans for next week's episode, and remember to check us out on Twitter at TaskG underscore, that's at T-A-S-K-G underscore, Instagram at underscore TaskG underscore, and our The American Serial Killer Guidebook Facebook page to stay informed on everything we're doing and to stay updated on your favorite American serial killers. Man, that is a lot of underscores. Most people who are in the serial killer genre have heard the term serial killer originated from former FBI agent Robert Ressler, who was a founding member of the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit, which many people know as the Mind Hunters. Mind Hunters is, is, I have watched all of it on Netflix. Have you watched it yet? I have not watched it. Oh, fuck, it's good. It's fucking good. It's about, you know, them chasing down and, and, and arresting the serial killers in the 70s. But anyway... Where they, it's about the the FBI's, you know, behavioral, uh, where is that? What is it? Let's see right Yeah, the behavioral science unit. Is that a documentary or is it a series? It's a series. It's a series. It's a regular television series with regular actors, and it's it's loosely based, I think, loosely based on the origination of the FBI's behavioral science unit, where they they interview serial killers. To oh, yeah, to determine their their you know behavioral patterns, their background, their childhood, uh, their psychological profile, things like that, to basically try to to use that information to try to identify and profile future and analyze uh, right right psychological analysis yeah. for for you know trying to catch other serial killers yeah and trying to. Uh, determine the difference between various types of killers, which we'll get to here in a little bit, but, you know, spree killers, mass murderers, serial killers, a lot of people think they're the same, but they're not. Mm-mm. And uh, Mindhunters is really good. I really good. I really enjoyed it. Special Agent Wrestler was the inspiration for the character Jack Crawford in the Hannibal Lecter trilogy, written by Thomas Harris. A lot of people won't remember who Jack Crawford was, but in The Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> Uh, Agent Clarice Starling was played by Jodie Foster. It was her boss. He's the one who sent her in and talked to Lecter with the fake deal to go to the island and stuff. Anyhow, Wrestler says that he came up with the term after hearing the lecture at British Police Conference in the 1970s refer to the crimes as a series of rapes, series of burglaries, series of robberies, etc., and so when he returned to Quantico, he started using serial killer in his own teachings. Okay, that's his story, but we have another origin we'd like to suggest that makes a little bit more sense. The 1961 version of the Merriam-Webster's Third New International Dictionary contains a quote from German critic Siegfried Krakauer, stating, He denies that he is the pursued serial murder. Okay, 
Ressler didn't start using the term serial killer until the 70s, but we have a documented case of serial murderer being used in the early 60s. The term serial murderer is used often in the books throughout the 60s, so some believe that Ressler heard the term while in Britain, which was serial, you know, various types of crimes, and changed its more commonly known and cooler sounding serial killer. I mean, that does sound cooler. The serial murderer. <clears throat> Okay, now that we've covered the possible origins of the term, let's move on to exactly what defines a serial killer. Alright, the official FBI definition of serial killer is three or more separate events or killings in three or more separate locations with an emotional cooling off period between homicides. So that means that you have to kill three or more people and each time you do it, it has to be in a separate location. <clears throat> and you have to take time off Either a couple of hours, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, could be years between the kills. Okay, the final two requirements, the three locations and time between kills, is to differentiate serial killers and mass murderers, who usually explode into a fireball of rage-fueled violence, killing as many people as possible in a single instance, such as a school or workplace shooting, usually end in suicide, but not always. We all have heard way too many of the school and workplace shootings. Another mass murder was the, uh, the nightclub in Florida, the LGBTQ nightclub. A lot of people were killed there by a gunman. Um, Usually a spree killing is done that ends in a suicide, but not always. Right. Not a mass murder. No, mass murderers do too, most of the time. Because usually if someone goes to their workplace or they go to the school and they kill 10, 20, 30 people, most of the time they usually take their own life. Yeah. Spree killers usually do the same thing, but it's not guaranteed that they're going to do it. There are some that have bitched out, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, our problem is that if you go by the FBI's definition of serial killer, and this is what kind of reached out and grabbed me, it would classify famous people like uh, the famous mafia hitman Frank the Irishman Sheeran. Have you watched that, babe? The no. Irishman? No, I haven't. Okay. Not. He's a serial killer for the mob, right? And he, what he does, he goes around, he kills people. He even admitted or said that he killed Jimmy Hoffa. He'd go around and do hits. You know, and there's time between hits. All the hits are, most of the hits are in different locations. They're either one or maybe two people each time he does one. So by the FBI's definition, that would make any hitman a serial killer. But they're not serial killers. They're hitmen. There's a difference. So there's a problem with the FBI's definition, right? Because, I mean, Sheeran, he killed multiple victims around the country over decades, and at the same time, it would remove the infamous serial killer John Wayne Gacy, the clown, right, from the list. Because although he killed 33 young men and boys, he killed all of them in the same location. Not at the same time, but they were all killed in his house, right? And then he buried them in the crawl space under his house. So by the FBI's definition, John, no... Uh, uh, by the FBI's definition, John Wayne Gacy would not be a serial killer. See, this is the problem. John, the FBI's definition would make hitmen serial killers, 
and serial killers like John Wayne Gacy, not serial killers, because he he killed all these people, but he did it at one location, so the FBI's definition would make him a mass murderer. That's not what he is. He's a fucking dyed-in-the-wool serial killer. Right. Another more realistic and accurate definition comes from the National Institute of Justice. They define serial killings as a series of two or more murders committed as a separate events, usually but not always, by the other, by one offender acting alone. The crimes may occur over a period of time ranging from hours to years. Quite often the motive is psychological and the offender's behavior and the physical evidence observed at the crime scenes will reflect sadistic sexual overtones. This definition better serves the classification of serial killers in my book because it maintains the cooling off period while dropping the number of kills from three to two, but includes that they can occur from separate or series of singular events and usually contain psychological and sexual motivations. To me, that's a big deal right there, right? Because this definition of serial killers, you know... It drops the number of kills from three to two. That's not a huge thing. But the fact that they can occur from separate or a series of singular events, right? Which means they don't all have to occur at different places. Right. Okay? They just have to be multiple killings, minimum of two, that take place at different times. Right? And they, it, it takes the whole, they have to occur at different places thing out of the equation. A lot of people, yeah. Right, you know, so that puts John Wayne Gacy firmly back into the serial killer category. He killed 33 men and boys. He killed them all at the same place, but he killed them at different times. So they're different instances. There were a cooling off period of... Days, weeks, months, and years between killings. Right. You see what I'm saying? A mass murderer kills a lot of people, but he usually does it all in one shot, in one place. A spree killer kills a lot of people, but kind of does it on the run. He'll kill multiple people throughout a day or a, a few days or weeks or whatever. Basically killing anybody in his path. Yeah. Okay, so I really like the Department of Justice's definition much better. Alright, these ideas fit with the common conception of what defines a serial killer. Many killers get lumped together into one classification or another simply because people don't understand the differences in the categories of killers. Some people think serial killer, mass murder, and spree or rampage killer are interchangeable terms for the same thing. They couldn't be more wrong. All right, we've just defined serial killing, so let's take a look at its closest cousins, mass murder and spree killing. All right, it's true that they all include multiple killings, but that's pretty much where the similarities end. A serial killer tends to be more of a predator. He's a hunter. He has a specific type of victim that he likes to, he or she likes to go after. While, and, while a mass murderer is more akin to a human pressure cooker... Solely building up pressure until they explode, taking as many people with them as they can. Exactly. Exactly. And spree killers are the same way. All right? So the definition of mass murder is the killing of three or more people within a single instance in a single location. 
All right, a prime example of a mass murder duo are Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. Everybody knows who they are, who were responsible for the tragic 1999 Columbine High School massacre in Littleton, Colorado. All right, on the morning of April 20th, Harris and Klebold entered their high school, and after two 20-pound propane bombs failed to explode, they began shooting teachers and students and didn't stop until 13 people were dead with another 24 injured. And their original plan, what they were going to do was they were going to set off these two 20-pound propane tank bombs in the school. They were going to stand outside, hide behind cars, and they were going to shoot people as they came out of the school. The bombs didn't go off. So as they were walking into the school, they ran into one of their buddies, a guy that, that one of them used to not get along with, but he had made amends with him. And he's like, hey, dude, I like you now. You don't want to be here today. Go home. And his friend went home. And then Dylan and Harris walked in. They started killing. They started fucking killing everybody. That's you know, and at the time, it was the worst mass school shooting in U.S. history. And unfortunately, it's been the inspiration for other school shootings across the country in the decades since the tragedy. And it seems like the more the media broadcasts, all of these shootings, the more copycat the more killers it happens. we get. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The more, the more. It's like this shit inspires new generations of killers every time. Which hopefully we're not doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Though. I don't think so either. But okay, spree killers, on the other hand. Although similar to mass murders in the respect that they usually result from one or more persons finally exploding with rage and seeking revenge, and it usually ending in suicide, they're usually not focused on one person or place specifically, at least not for too long. Alright, the def definition of spree killing is the killing of two or more people in at least two separate locations, with no cooling off or significant time period between killings. Okay, that means that they kill at least two people, they go to another location, they kill at least another person, or one person, one place, one person, another place, right? And then they immediately after the first one, and they don't cool off in between, right? right? It's, it's mobile mass murder, basically, right? And then while a mass murderer may kill multiple co-workers or fellow students in a single place, a spree killer typically seeks revenge against society and the world at large for the perceived injustices they feel have been perpetrated against them by rampaging from place to place. Okay, this doesn't mean that a spree killing won't start with specific targets like a current or ex-employer, a school bully, or a group of bullies, or someone the killer feels has wronged them in some way, but usually ends up with them taking out anyone unlucky enough to cross their path on the day they choose to unleash their vengeance on the world. One infamous spree killer named Mark Oren Barton decided July 27, 1999 was going to be the beginning of his vengeance spree. Okay, Barton began his day by killing his second wife, Leah Ann Van Diver Barton, and followed up with his two children from a previous marriage, 12-year-old Matthew Barton and 10-year-old Michelle Barton, on the following day, July 28. All right, and he had killed all of them. His, his second wife the day before and his two kids the next day with hammer blows to the head. How fucked up do you have to be 
to not only kill your wife or anybody with a hammer, but to turn around, have 24 hours to realize what you did, and then decide to go ahead and smash your own kids' heads in with a hammer that yeah. you have, that, right. that are your children, that have lived with you for the last 10, 12 years of their life, that you've raised and taken to school and, and bathed and bought school clothes and told stories to and fixed dinner for and that told you they loved That's you. That's the thing. He had time to cool down. Yeah. And he still went back the next day and finished what he wanted to do. And still went in and bashed his little kids' heads in, who were probably screaming, you know, Daddy, please stop. I love you. Why are you doing this? And he's bashing their fucking heads in. Well, the next day, on the morning of July 29th of 99, Barton drove to the Atlanta offices of his former employer, Momentum Securities, you know, to exact retribution on those he felt contributed to his financial difficulties because he had recently lost over $105,000 on high-risk stock investments, right? And that caused his employer to cancel his investment accounts, and that ended up resulting in his termination. So, according to witnesses, Barton had a short chat with some former co-workers whenever he showed up that morning. And then he pulled out two pistols and killed four people. And it would have been five, but another another ex-co-worker, rather, he shot three times, survived his injuries. So, that wasn't enough for Barton. He'd already killed his his wife. He'd already killed his two children. He just killed four people. He thought maybe he killed five. Okay, so that's a total of eight in his mind that he's already killed. He then walked calmly down the street to the Alltech Investment Group building, where he didn't work, All right, and immediately opened fire. He killed five more innocent people before jumping in his family minivan and deciding to make a run for it. Like a coward. Yeah. Less than four hours after his murder spree, he attempted to kidnap a young girl in Kennesaw, Georgia. All right, she was lucky enough to escape and avoid becoming another notch in his belt of kills for the day. But she called police, who managed to spot Barton, and they began began pursuit that ended with him stopping at a gas station in Ackworth, Georgia, where he took the coward's way out, which most of them do, and he blew his brains out before police could arrest him. What a bitch. Yeah, definitely a bitch. He deserved that. He, but he deserved so much more than that, because... Now all of the the families of all of the people that he hurt will never get justice. The guy. That's why he's a bitch. Yeah, he wreaked havoc across. All right, he had killed his wife, his two kids. There's three. He thought he'd kill five more, but he only killed four, so that's seven. Then he killed five more people. All right, that's twelve people that he murdered. All right, for each one of those people, there are probably. A minimum of 10 to 20 immediate family members that are going to be devastated. Yes. Right? 20 times 12, that's... I'm not a mathematician, but that's a lot of fucking lives destroyed. Mm-hmm. Because this guy couldn't keep his shit together. Right. Fucking makes me sick. Alright, so... We need everybody to stay tuned for next week's episode. Next week, we're going to be discussing Larry Eiler. Larry William Eiler, actually. Um, He's a serial killer who was believed to have killed a minimum of 21 teenage boys and girls. I mean, boys and young men. 
between 82 and 84 over in the Midwestern states. See, he was, he was convicted, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection, but it was only for one person's death. And uh, later on, he confessed to another murder. Okay, and here's the weird thing. He died of AIDS-related complications back in 1994 while he was on death row, but before his death, he confessed to 20 other murders of young men and boys, okay? But the really tricky part is, is he says that he had an accomplice, all right, in five of those murders, a guy named Robert David Little, right? That's, it's not uncommon for a serial killer to have an accomplice, but here's the, the kicker. I mean, this is what really threw me for a loop. The accomplice, Mr. Robert David Little, is a professor for Indiana State University, right? So <laughs> how many university professors are serial killers, right? There's a whole lot more to this story. Um, a lot of people believe that the professor was the mastermind behind it and manipulated Larry Eiler into committing these murders while only taking part in five himself. He was, uh, professor was later charged with these murders and found innocent and actually went back to work at his alma mater after being accused of all of these murders. So you're definitely going to want to hear this story. All right, babe? That's right. Stay tuned. So, everybody, we'll see you next time, and just remember, this is our first episode. We're just doing this for fun. Um, we didn't take the time to really introduce ourselves very well. You know, of course, I'm Elton. This is my wife, Cherish. We've been married for 23 years. Um, and we bonded over our love of true crime and serial killers. So we decided, why not do a podcast? We're not professionals. You know, we're not pros. So, you know, this might not sound the best, but we are learning. And hopefully each successive episode will sound a little better. We're going to add sound effects. We're going to add more information. And like I said, this episode was just to define the terms. So our next ones are... The next one and everyone after that is going to cover an individual known killer. Uh, we do have plans for another series, uh, an investigative series, on the Chicago Strangler who was never caught. So we have a little bit to say about that. And other than that, we just want to thank you for listening. Uh, check us out next week and hopefully you enjoy the show. If you have any comments or recommendations on maybe how we can make it better or if there's anybody that you'd like us to do an episode on, please don't hesitate to either, either message us through our social media accounts or you can email me directly, uh, elton at taskg.net. You can email Cherish directly at cherish at taskg.net. And for anybody who doesn't, hasn't realized it yet, TaskG is the acronym for the American Serial Killer Guidebook. So we want to thank everybody. So from me, thank you, Cherish. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. Appreciate it. Bye.